So think about branding as not just you, but the perception of other people. It takes less than 30 seconds for someone to form a lasting impression, 20 further experiences to change that negative first impression. So it makes a difference. So am I here saying that you should all be better than the competition? No. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> if you do that, you're going to be running on a hamster wheel. It's too hard. You can't be better than someone else at being them. Instead of being better at the uh, excuse me, being better than the competition, what I'm saying is focus in on what you're good at, double down on it. So find out what is your unique difference. First, that's step one. Find out what is my unique difference. And then step two, who needs that? Where is that useful? Where would that play in the world? So we're going to start with that first thing. Be different, be you. That's number one. How do you do this? The way I like to walk through what personal branding is, is I like to consider people as holistic individuals. So I've developed this over time with a lot of different books that I enjoy and speakers and then a little bit of my own thoughts and feelings. Um, so what I like to start with is values, value-based based branding. What do you believe in? What are you willing to commit to? One way to think about this is if you're at a dinner party and a topic comes up and you're like, oh, God, I'm going to argue about this. What topic is that? What thing is it that just gets you and you're willing to stand up for it? Think about those values and write them down. And you don't even have to know how these relate to your career. Let's say your value is family. How is that going to relate to my career? You don't, don't think about that right now. This is the brainstorming part where we get it all on the page. And then afterwards, we kind of look and find patterns in that, and we see what it tells us. So start with values. Next, go to strengths. What are you really good at? Has anyone heard of this concept of being in flow? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I love this idea. So there's a lot of psych psychological research done about the concept of being in flow. Being in flow means when you're doing something, you're engaged in some kind of work, and hours can go by. And you look up, and oh my gosh, it's already 5 o'clock. You don't even notice it, because so much time is going by, because you're just engrossed. You're just, you're just in it so much. So like for me, this is so sad. I love doing PowerPoints. <laughs> I can just do a PowerPoint all Saturday, and I'm happy. <laughs> um, I'm in flow. That's a point where I just, hours go by, and I'm just really happy doing the little details of PowerPoints. What things are you in flow in? And then, opposite to that, when are you not in flow? What drains you? And you find yourself constantly looking at the clock or getting up to get a glass of water or seeing if you have any snacks laying around or where's some coffee. <laughs> what are those times? What do you never want to do again? Next, think about your passions. What do you love? What drives you in your life? Now, if you've read anything about career changing or trying to figure out what you should do for your career, you've probably read they say you should follow your dreams, right? You should follow your passions. Yes and no. I kind of feel like this is the biggest, I don't know, um, I don't want to say lot, misperception that was sold to like my generation of follow your passions. It caused a lot of my friends in their late 20s to quit their jobs and go back to school, and then they discovered they didn't want to do that thing they went back to school for. <laughs> I'm not saying don't do what you love. But sometimes what you love is not what you want to make money at. So consider your passions, but consider them lightly. Don't think that I need to make money at this thing, but where do I want that in my life? 
how do I want that to show up? Do I want to be doing that in my day job, or do I really like doing that because it fulfills some sense of community or some artistic thing on the side for me? Um, there was a great example, uh, Condoleezza Rice. So we know her because of why? Why do we know? Yeah, Secretary of State, obviously. She's really good at it. <laughs> um, she was Secretary of State. Did you know that she was also a, con yeah, a concert pianist? And she was really good at it. She went all the way. She, that was what she wanted to do. She, wanted, she dedicated her life, and she wanted to be a full-time concert pianist. She ended up not doing that because she found she got at a point where she wasn't going to go any farther, and she had to make a decision. Do I want to do it at this level? Or do I want to try something else? Either one would have been fine. But she decided that she really liked piano for her own purposes. She liked it at home. She wanted to share with her friends and family. What she wanted to give to the world was something a little bit different. Um, and luckily for us, that turned out. <laughs> so your passions. Last thing to consider here is your communication style. How do you interact with the world? This is that idea, in some ways, of extroverted versus introverted. Do you get energy by being here? Or do you get energy by one-on-one -on -one interactions? Do you like face-to-face? -face? Do you like phone? Do you, how do you like to communicate? Think about that. Another, so there's, I'm going to give you like three different ways to look at your personal brand elements. This is one way. So you can look at these things. Another way is to find your narrative. Find your narrative is all about stories. What stories do you tell? Because sometimes we look at those other things and we just can't see a pattern. But if you look at your stories, there might be a thread there. So in your stories, you can think about challenges or opportunities, things you're known for. Ask your friend. Ask your loved one. Ask your mom. <laughs> what, what do you, if you were going to describe me in three rows, what would you say? I see what they say. Do a check. Look at places you hold your ground. Skills you love to learn about. Classes you've taken extension that you've really liked. Classes that you haven't liked so much. So what are the stories you tell? The next thing we need to do is make that concrete and personal for people. And the way to do this, I like to start with a brand statement. Now that brand statement is not necessarily something that you, you, know, you tell the people. It's not like you're at a cocktail party networking. You're like, my brand statement <laughs> is blah, blah, blah. But it can guide you, and then you can use that to create your bio and all the other pieces. So for the brand statement, take all those things we thought about, and then you have to filter that through what the target audience really needs and wants. What is in the market? What are they feeling? What are they looking for? And you can do that. Actually, there's some stuff on that about the second handout you're going to get. But you can do that by looking at job descriptions. I love to look at LinkedIn, prof LinkedIn profiles for people that have jobs that I want. Jobs that I want now and jobs that I want five years from now. Sometimes I look at job descriptions that I want 10 years from now and I save them or I print them off because I know they won't be around online anymore. They're my aspirational job. And then I know that that's what this target audience needs and wants. And I can see how I fit into that or how I don't fit into that. And then I can pivot a little bit. So once you have your brand statement, you can use that to create your bio. Your bio, depending on where you use it, looks differently. So here the guidelines say third person perspective. That's a really like old fashioned way of doing bios. If I was going to do a bio for a conference, I would do that. LinkedIn, first person. Short, 200 words long, transferable accomplishments, personality. You always need personality. 
because that's going to make it personal and memorable for people. Not too much personality. Yeah. I had a student one time that at the bottom of his resume, I'll never forget it, he said his hobby was collecting sneakers. <laughs> and I was like, that's really cool. I don't know if I want my optometrist to have that hobby. <laughs> um, not too personal, too personal. And then if you're looking at bio as a job changer, which many of you might be, you also want to think about how you're going to pivot yourself. So I, I get this a lot. I have students that, I had a student that used to be a high school teacher. Actually, it was an elementary teacher. And she wanted to be a UX designer. How do you pivot that? How do I use any of that past experience? She's my favorite example, actually, because she did it really, really well. And she got the top UX job that year at Salesforce. Uh, what she did was, on her portfolio page, she just spelled it out. As an elementary school teacher, I was good at blank. And she listed some things she was good at that were transferable to the new job. Things like creating engaging, beautiful lesson plans, creating engaging, beautiful presentations. I was good at blank because blank, because I had these skills, or this passion, or this energy. This is how that would make me good as a blank. Now, the one thing you might add in there as a job changer is a sentence about new skills you're learning, if you're getting new things, either through extension, or through self-study, or volunteer. But I like to spell it out for people. Don't hide it, because there's always going to be a question mark, right? And what you need to do is get through that first filter. When they're looking at your resume, and it stops because they are looking at it for a salesperson. And they see, well, you weren't in sales. You've never done this before. Why would I hire you? So you have to just lay it out, answer the question before they even ask it. So that's another way of looking at your professional bio. And then my favorite thing to do after you have this, as my mom always tells me, you have to check yourself before you wreck yourself. So show it to a friend. Show it to five friends. <laughs> Show it to someone you don't like very much. <laughs> so you can get their opinion to see if it makes sense. Show it to someone who doesn't know you that well. And see, and ask them, what do you think, what, what do you, if you read this, what does it tell you? What story is it conveying? And if it conveys the wrong story, then you go back to the drawing board. <laughs>